Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is a podcast that explores the lives of the great poisoners and poisoning cases from across the centuries and creates curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And we're on episode four. Four. It's very exciting. Four. Oh, we've made it to four. I know. It's uh, impressive. It is. I think by the end of this, we may have killed each other. Though. Potentially. And we've yeah. got to four, so. <laughs> how are you, Nick? I'm very well. How are you, Sinead? <laughs> I'm slightly worried that you really are okay. <laughs> You've just been a bit grouchy. Not me. Never. <laughs> well, I can always tell when you're a bit grouchy because you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And I then overcompensate by trying to be really, really nice to you. Going, Do you need anything? Is there anything? And probably become very annoying. But you're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Honestly, it's fine. It's good. <laughs> well, also because last night I ended up um, accidentally drinking until the late hours with um real life ghost stories and 50p movie club um and you were there for a bit i was and but then, then i left because i was grumpy <laughs> <laughs> well we had a lovely time i'm sure you did and they wouldn't let me leave i want that on record in yeah, case they end up yeah, on their yeah. next episode saying oh Sinead made a drink like no 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 i kept trying to go home to have dinner it's not true you know what i have realized when this episode goes out next friday yes it's my birthday <gasps> Birthday episode! It's very exciting! Birthday episode! Oh! It's not, it's not now when we're recording, but it will be. So it's Nick's birthday as you're listening to this. Hope Well, if you're listening to it on the Friday, if you're listening to it later, it was Nick's birthday and you got him nothing. Every day is my birthday. Every day is his birthday. So uh, do say, oh, send him a nice message. <laughs> Share your pictures really in little <laughs> tiny birthday hats. Birthday party <laughs> hats, I should say. I don't know what a birthday hat is. I'm sure we can find something. But you've had a good week? I've been all right. No poisonings? No. You had to think about I had to think it. about that one, but no. Again, it's it's proving very dull in Canterbury. Mm. But soon. <laughs> soon. So, are you ready to drink cocktails and talk about poison? Yes. Or drink poison and talk about cocktails? No. Yay! Yay. So you're in charge of the story this week, <laughs> I am. Nick. It's quite exciting. It's my story again this week. And this one sent me off on a bit of a weird delve into many a website and fascinating things hopefully related to the oh, story oh completely related <laughs> well no many many tangents oh really and i got stuck in a, the is it is, is it's called a wiki hole a wiki hole <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> when it's just like clicking on all the links possible going I must find out more I must find out more and That's what, quite... I'm starting to understand why you've been grumpy yeah. <laughs> since I've been stuck in Wikipedia for a you week you haven't gone to work for a week <laughs> but I found out many exciting things that I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to telling you about because it's a, a story well not just a story but a whole thing that I was just not did not know it about at all. Fantastic. And, and you have oh. completely been in control of this one I this have. week. I have no idea you what's have coming no at idea me. no idea what it's about. Well, we have the secret ingredient for this week. So every week we have a secret ingredient that is linked to the story and to the cocktail that we will create. Okay, Nick, uh, yeah. why, why don't you, <laughs> Again, why don't you talk us through throw, it? Throw a bit of a curveball on this one as well. Because the secret ingredient is... Well, it's not an ingredient. The secret ingredient the is... The secret inspiration. The secret ingredient no, the secret inspiration is, for my cocktail... Is Sicily. Sicily. Yes. We have so few USPs in this. <laughs> I couldn't find an ingredient. Those, the, I, I tried, which is probably why I've been so grumpy all week. It's <laughs> going, where is this ingredient? And I just could not find a link. It's Sicily. Sicily. And if you can find something as we go through this. Oh, I, uh, oh I'm, which I'm sure you shall. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am going to be listening with great interest well, in, and in intent. In that case there, you're going to find something and you have at it. You make yourself a cocktail. <laughs> I'm looking at my cabinet, but just behind you. So I'm expecting a second cocktail this episode of the one that you've come up with as we go through. And it will just descend into you telling the story and the background noise of me just juggling with bottles. Fuck! fuck I can't, what? So good luck, everyone. It's going to be fun. Well, okay, okay, okay. Aside from the fact that it's not an ingredient. Okay, our secret inspiration, <laughs> inspiration. for this week. Ugh, it's only episode four. You've chosen Sicily. I have. So, what have you managed to concoct? Well, I'm going to go and make it first, and then I'm going to tell you about it. Oh, okay. We're going to have another one of our famous pauses for oh, the, the famous pauses. <laughs> a famous cocktail pause. Yes. Shake up a storm. Absolutely. So, I'm going to go and shake things. I'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Hello. And now we have in front of us our cocktails, a kind of a golden yellowy hue to it. Yes. Looks intriguing. Intriguing. What have we got, Nick? We've got a Palermo. Ooh, a Palermo. Okay, Sicily. Yeah, I Sicily, get it. Yeah, right, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just crowbarring that in there. Okay. Shut up. I'm sure this will all work out fine. Absolutely. So a Palermo. Palermo. Yeah, exactly. Palermo. I'm I'm not going to try the accent. So. <laughs> I don't think I should. There, there's going to be a lot of that in this but story. So. <laughs> well, what is a Palermo? It is rum, but vanilla infused rum. <gasps> so I had good fun hunting down vanilla pods and then slicing them up and put them in, mixing them in with rum and things. So that's amazing. You made your own one. Made my own one. I'm hopefully I've left it long enough to get a decent flavour, but ten we minutes. shall wait and see. It was longer than ten minutes. Then there is also pineapple, white wine, a Sauvignon Blanc. What? And some sugar. What the hell? <laughs> How any of these things are linked to Palermo, I'm not entirely sure. How any of them sure. are linked to this story? Like, so, um, what we got, so, rum. Rum. Pineapple, pineapple juice, Wine. And sugar. And sugar. Oh, Jesus. You're trying to kill me, aren't you? <laughs> right, so okay. So, I'm, I'm intrigued by this. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going right. to give it a go. Let's give it a go. Oh, I like that. Uh-huh. That's interesting. It's interesting. You can taste the vanilla, to be fair, with the whatever you've done to that rum. <laughs> you can really taste the vanilla. Um, it wouldn't go to the top of my list of cocktails to have, but it's certainly not offensive. Yeah, you I don't know it. what to make of that. <laughs> I you really t- don't. Because it's got a lot less wine in than the other ingredients. But you can taste it quite... 
You really can. You really can. It's come through quite strongly, which I didn't think it would. It's complex. It is. It's complex. It's. I don't know that it's... Yeah, I don't know that it's one that I would order again. Because you get the... The pineapple, so you've got a little bit of sweetness in there with the vanilla, with the rum. That's quite nice. And then the wine, the wine just gives it a little bit kind of acrid, kind right. of winey taste. It could, it could be the wine I chose. Um, <laughs> is it just labelled wine? It's just labelled wine drink. <laughs> wine, <laughs> wine flavoured drink. It comes in a giant bottle. It's been opened and been sitting by your... No, I bought it specially. Raid. Thank you very much. You bought? Oh, you bought it specially. Yeah. So you, what you're saying is you didn't go into your expensive stock of wine. No, you went out to the I don't have shop. white wine in my expensive stock. I've got, I got red wine. I don't, I don't have my expensive stock. Where, where do you think I live? You have a wine rack. Well, anyway, okay. shut up. you got a cocktail. It's getting I'm vicious going this sip, episode. Yeah. I won't have another one. No. Which is annoying because I've made a lot of vanilla infused rum. <laughs> well, the vanilla infused rum. I think that would be rum. quite good in a daiquiri, actually. <gasps> vanilla oh. limey. Why are we having that? Because this is called a Palermo and it links to the story. A daiquiri does yeah, not the link to the story. Ingredient in Sicily. Yeah, and now we have this monstrosity in front of us. Okay, Rude. Palermo. Not bad. An interesting one if you are a wine drinker uh, and you like a sweeter cocktail. This would probably be right up your alley. And probably in Sicily, hot country, quite refreshing. See, I have no idea where the link to Sicily or Palermo <laughs> comes in. I mean, it's, it's called a Palermo. How? Not a lot of pineapples. Well, it's actually the, the world's leading pineapple You're trading. Lying point. To me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think I'm thinking, well, it's not a lot of rum. No, there's not a lot of rum. There's not a lot of pineapples. Well, it does seem like something you would knock together when you've come home late from the pub and go, I have wine, I have pineapple juice, I have this vanilla pod, and I have, I have rum. And it's all... You know, it's you a Palermo. That, absolutely right. <laughs> it is a two in the morning. Ah, chuck it in and see what happens. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. And there. someone felt so bad about it and then got so sick afterwards that they decided to try and give it an air of credibility. And then went, we'll call it a Palermo. Well, I'm glad you like my cocktail. I'm still going to drink it, you know. Yeah, not anymore. I'm having it. <laughs> it's again, I think the day will come when there is a cocktail that I can't, I refuse to keep drinking and then we'll know that hell has frozen over and we'll have to stop the podcast then. I mean, that's it. You know, it's the end of days. Mainly I'll have made it so I could have two. <laughs> <laughs> so with our Palermo's in hand, uh, yes. slightly at arm's length. It's a dramatic tale. <gasps> Going to tell you, it is a cold and dark winter's evening. Ooh, perfect weather for a Palermo. Absolutely. In Vienna. We're, we're starting our tale in Vienna. Oh, okay, right. We're in Vienna. <laughs> we're in Vienna. There's a man who lies dying in a grand bed. It's very excited, surrounded by doctors and servants and loved ones. Oh. There's a crazy organist in the background somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's just waiting to do the final chord. Is he going to die yeah. yet? Da, da, da. No, too soon. Okay. The man is convinced there is no chance of recovery. I feel definitely, he says, that I will not last much longer. I am sure that I have been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of this idea. Someone has given me aquatafana and calculated the precise time of my death. Oh my god. It's very dramatic. Who was that man? I've no idea. That man, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. No! See? Rule book taken, thrown out the window, (laughs) Nick. It's Mozart? It's Mozart. Mozart thought he'd been poisoned. This, this is... See, I, I told you, know. I went in places you never would have expected. <laughs> My God. See, I'm a big Mozart fan. What? Okay. Not that big. You didn't know he was in poison. <laughs> I am you a Mozart he was dead. fan. <laughs> He's dead? <laughs> That's why I had no idea. I've never heard this story. So now I am... Oh, I am on the edge of my seat. Yep. 
I am now. Take me on a journey, Nick. <laughs> uh, Mozart died on the 5th of December, 1791. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> um, sort of scholars disagree about how, what his precise cause of death was. Some mm. believe syphilis, mm. some rheumatic fever, some say that it was from eating undercooked pork, or was it a deadly and rare poison? Most people say no. Most people say no. Most scholars go, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Mozart being very dramatic. So and that, that quote was attributed to his wife 40 years after his death. That she just suddenly remembered. Well, apparently she was being interviewed by some music people. Oh, okay. For well, NME. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. So you would think that syphilis attacks the brain, you're going a little bit crazy, so probably you would think that you had been poisoned. So you can maybe understand that's why he Potentially. said that. But what is interesting is that but we have this legendary poison, Aquatofana, that has such a deadly reputation that... 150 years after its first usage Mozart was still terrified by it and was convinced wow it was it was in use to to do him in so are we going to hear about what Aquatofana is exactly that we are uh, so it's, it's very exciting podcast. it's very exciting <laughs> it's very exciting so I've never heard of this but it's very exciting I have to admit <laughs> I have not heard of it either it sounds like the stuff of true crime novels it sounds like something mystical and something of a tale Aquatofana Ooh. it's dramatic we need so, an, uh, do we need dramatic Aquatofana music? The Aquatofana. So we've had the Arsenic Alarm. We've had, we haven't had the Strychnine Siren. Well, we need but, to get that in next time. We but we'll need to put time. that in. So the Aquatofana. Ambiance. Ambiance. <laughs> some, some twinkly music in the background. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, moving on. I mean, Aquatofana, as we said, is now long forgotten. But at the time, it was one of the most feared and ruthless poisons mm-hmm. um, and caused chaos and death across Europe for almost 200 years. Wow. Um, and that it is now so completely forgotten about now is is quite amazing. The origins of Aquatofana are slightly hazy, but there are a couple of theories that slightly stand up to scrutiny about where it came from, but they all centre on Julia Tofana, um, a Sicilian woman who started... Uh... There we go. Who started her enterprise in Palermo in, uh, we're looking at the first half of the 17th century. Fantastic. So in this those... is the first story we've got where we've gone further back than we've the gone, Victorians. But we've gone very far back this We're time. out of the Victorian era, people. We're into pre-Victorian era. <laughs> That's what it's known as. And we Doctor, have our link Doctor. to Sicily. And it's, not an a... in... it's still not an ingredient. Yeah, if you can find a better one, I'm all for it. <laughs> I will listen with interest. But there we go. Okay, nice link, nice link. But let's, yeah. let's hear about Julia. Anyway, Julia, yeah. So Julia started her enterprise the first half of the 17th century but over 50 years she built a discreet reputation of one of italy's first professional poisoners no way <laughs> and it's and it's from julia that the poison takes its name uh, it's literally the water of tofana that's amazing so it's all very exciting Aqua tofana. so we have our first ever a female professional poisoner Absolutely. oh i like this woman already <laughs> already she is my friend we are gonna hang out she's pretty cool she sounds great she is, she's, she's pretty cool julia was the daughter of tofania da adamo an apothecary in mm. Palermo, executed in 1633 for the murder of her husband, Francis. <gasps> Not Francis. I want Francis. Now, one story says that it was Tefania who concocted the poison, and then the recipe was passed on to Julia, who perfected it and tweaked it over time, and it came to bear her her name. Amazing. Um, another story says that uh, Julia developed the poisoned 
after learning apothecaryism or whatever. <laughs> the skills, She's learned the trade of apothecaryism. The skills of the apothecary from her mother. She learned the, the skills necessary. And Julia developed the poison after witnessing the abuse her mother suffered at the hands of her husband. Oh, goodness. Um, so she was And a... that set on her career path. So her mother was um, in abusive marriage. Well, that, that's we one. Think? That's one. St- that's one story that her mother was in a, an abusive marriage, and therefore, and she killed her husband as a last resort um, to escape this abusive marriage. But then was executed for that crime. So it's a great story. If it is, we if she's don't seen, know which is true. If she's seen her mother who is skilled, she's seen her mother executed for killing yeah. her father, who was maybe a nasty man. Let's go with that. He was a nasty man. Potentially, and there she is. Oh, she's a vengeful <laughs> child emerging, Cersei so, like. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll never know which is true. If either, it could be a completely different thing. But, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that story. Let's, let's build. Let's build let's, the film. Let's go here. with that. Um, so, the, I mean, the poison itself, Aquatifana, was what well, is believed to have been a blend of arsenic, mm. lead, and belladonna. <gasps> so, deadly nightshade. Arsenic, lead, and belladonna. So, this is a super poison. This is, this is the the base ingredients that I've that I've come across. Well, that's um, just that's just the that's just the base. That's the base. That's I mean, the base of the soup. I mean, then Bella, you add flavour. Belladonna is infamous in its own right as a as a deadly deadly thing. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure we'll be covering its specific properties and cases in future. Oh yes, future looking episodes. looking forward to some very good belladonna so be cases. Good ones on that. But arsenic uh, mis- mixed with belladonna uh, and, and, lead and lead for the heaviness. Um, I mean, there are other accounts or versions of the recipe that include pennywort as Pennywort. well snapdragon and then another ingredient called spanish fly um, was it just a spanish fly it wasn't actually now spanish fly <laughs> when i read this it triggered something in my head that i'd heard of this before there was um, a little spanish reading... flea nonsense no <laughs> spanish fly in itself is a vicious poison um also known as cantharidin cantharidin uh, it is made from gra- dried and ground blister beetles. Um, blister beetles that produce a poison <laughs> to protect their eggs. Primate. That's what is. That's protect what they, the eggs. They do it. That's why they produce this toxin. It's not uh, very successful if these beetles are being ground up. Well, I think it would be. It would be if you wanted to get the eggs. If you wanted to get the I think would, I <laughs> the think eggs are fine. The eggs um, are absolutely fine. The beetles are being completely wiped out and being used to make another super poison. Uh, but the eggs, they've got no problem. These are stupid beetles. I don't like them. But this um, this ground powder, um, even a slightest amount on your skin, uh, cause blisters, unsurprisingly. Oh. Um, and the blisters would rupture and get infected and things. And if you swallowed that... Oh, you can imagine. You get that all down your throat, your stomach, blisters, rupturing pustules. Oh. A very unpleasant... And this does feel—it does feel like a very Elizabethan poison. Potentially, but then you also got another thing: is Spanish fly used as an aphrodisiac? Shut up! Yeah, in small doses, darling. I'd be covering myself in blisters, and in, you can burst them. It's sexy. Yeah, in very very small doses, very very long lasting painful erections. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> long lasting yet painful erections. Painful. I like those two together. And, and it was interesting. One of the main proponents shall we say of cantharidin as an aphrodisiac the marquis de sade the marquis de sade my god everyone is everyone. involved in this story <laughs> everyone 
everyone is so getting have, in on this. So this I, is amazing. I have to go there. Mean Cantharidin. I'm going to stop talking about Cantharidin now. That's... No, it's like long, painful erections. So like, we'll, we'll come back to those. Ow, 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 ow. Are you happy? Ow. <laughs> we will certainly be coming back to Cantharidin in a future episode. I think, we do. I think, I think we need to. It's a very interesting, I'm going to say very exciting poison. That's probably the, not the word to use, but a very interesting Excellent. poison. Pause briefly. Um, stop banging the table. <laughs> Just gesture up here. Gesture above your head if you can. (laughs) Okay, carry on. I love this story. (laughs) Anyway, so enough about that. We're going back to Akutafana. Now, what made this poison so special and so feared was how those ingredients were combined with the the other components. And modern science has never been able to reproduce the the alleged effects that this poison has. Probably a good thing. But it could be used to calculate with exceptional precision when your victim would die with the right dosage you could kill immediately in a week in a month two years later with the right dosage it could be timed to exactly when you wanted your victim to and you could just do, you you would know this from the start when making it and going this is uh, the this when, is the two-year blend this is the one when, week yeah, exactly blend. when you went to see julia she, she would give you a consultation on how you would want the, your poison to be used and what effect you wanted to accomplish and she would instruct you in its correct application. Researching this story, you come across so many characters, so many people in Italy, especially incredibly well known for its professional poisoner. Amazing. Um, and the skill that these people had and the knowledge that these people had um, is somewhat terrifying. Obviously, we can look back now with modern eyes and modern sciences that, yes, modern these eyes. People, <laughs> these people would be instantly caught out. If they were to behave this way or use these methods today, they would be caught instantly, absolutely. <laughs> you, would, um, you would think. <laughs> but back then, this was magical, incredible skills. Incredible. Well, to, we'll, come to back to, we'll come back to discussing um, the Italians and their poisonous ways. We, we shall do. Back to the story. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. So Italy in the 17th century did not exist as one country. It was a collection of city-states. Some were independent, like Venice or the Papal States around Rome. The southern half, the southern portion of Italy that we now know as Italy, was ruled by Spain. The northern states were split between France and the Habsburgs in Austria. It was entirely independent states, authorities. Sometimes things, oh, in Naples. They got a bit too hot in Naples. (laughs) I'll I'll go to, I'm going to go to Rome. And in Rome, you're a completely new person. But, I mean, wherever you were, you could be fairly guaranteed you were going to be ruled by a man. <laughs> I know. Men. Men. I the know. greatest poison of them all. <laughs> Shush. Shush yourself. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, even the most... I'm for, I'm for poison equality completely. Poison absolutely. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> even the most aristocratic of daughters were possessions to be used to secure alliances gain advancement for for your family absolutely um, women of any status generally had you had four options in life beg on the streets sure prostitution okay convent mm. arranged marriage mm. those were those were your options could you combine the four uh i'm curious to see how i don't know you'd be a prostitute out of a convent that's true. It's a fetish. <laughs> so, and I'm then sure, have an arranged marriage and beg for one. I'm sure there was a big Venn diagram somewhere. <laughs> but probably most people thought that the marriage was the lesser of the evils. The least the least worst option. You might be lucky. You would get a loving husband. You would get someone who you actually, you did have a connection with. But at this time, you do have women who are looking on marriage. You are told that is the best thing for you. You will have money. You will have a house. You will have status, hopefully. So be married off. Going to a convent is a life of hardship and misery. Oh, and absolutely. Very early mornings. Very early mornings. <laughs> I can't be doing with that. Absolutely. I mean, I'm an early riser most of the time, but getting up at that hour to, you know, to beat yourself over the head. I don't actually think they did that. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you do on a morning. I do. I do. Get up, hit yourself in the head. Why is, why is Sister Agatha hitting herself in the head with a chair again? I know she's mental. She's been begging for ages. She used to be a prostitute, you know. I don't know. Where, I don't know where to go now. <laughs> Keep you, going with you, the story. You've thrown me. My story was carefully, carefully planned. This cocktail, I think the wine in the cocktail is actually maybe a master stroke. (laughs) Because even though I've gone, I'm like, "Mm, I'm I'm jolly now. (laughs) That or the vanilla rum. It could be anything, really. Oh, so professional. Right. When you married, Mm -hmm. if you're in Italy, when you married, any property you had, any inheritance, any status, instantly became subsumed by your husband absolutely he yes everything came under his name you yourself became property if you were lucky you got married to someone who was a decent man who wasn't going to beat you every day wasn't going to beat you every day every third Sunday. and if you were lucky and you came from a progressive family you might have met him before you got married I mean, that is, that is, a, that that is, is a progressive, progressive family. It is a progressive yeah. family. Here he is. Um, they point him out through a window. <laughs> it's the man wanking in the bushes. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Obviously that didn't happen. 
Can I see him beforehand? Yeah, he's outside. We've, we just let him do that for a while. He's your husband. Janae yeah. is broken. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good story. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> okay, carry on. Moving on. If you were ended up in a, a loveless marriage, mm. or worse, even an abusive marriage, there was there was no way out. No. Um, divorce was not an option. Um, did not exist. Um, complaints to your priest or parents, uh, and you would get advice to be patient, to try harder, to fulfil your wifely duties, and better please your husband. We're talking deeply, deeply Catholic, Catholic country. <laughs> country, so coming from an Irish Catholic background, um, yes, this, that's that practice still is that we're getting divorced. Ah, could you not just have a chat? <laughs> Try harder. Maybe it's you. It's you, isn't it? Uh, but to many women, the only option was prayer. Prayer mm. that their abusive or cheating husband would mend their ways. Desperately sad. Or failing that, prayer for an early widowhood. And for these women, Julia probably seemed like an answered prayer. It, what a horrible picture, again, of just misery and possibly abuse. But then Julia. Julia on the horizon. She's, oh, I like that image. She's there. So... It's, it's interesting because some things you read and she is portrayed as a helper of young women um, who comes to help people in their hour of need. Um, and then some other written accounts, written by men, shall we say, <laughs> she is portrayed as an evil hag and her, the women that she works with are ungrateful Jezebels and mm. things like that. So two very different interpretations yeah. um, of her character and her reasons. Well, for doing what she does. Let's see what Julia does. Draw um, our own conclusions at the end. Tafana and her accomplices, which now include her daughter, Jeroma Spurler. What? Um, Jeroma. Jeroma. Spurler. S-P-E-R-L-A. Now, Tafana was married at some point to produce this daughter. We don't know who to. Um, suspicion is that she tested her poison. <laughs> um, and her husband was no more, but left her with a daughter. He's got away, nothing. Um, who followed her mother into the, the family, the family the business. family trade. <laughs> family trade. Family business. But she now operated throughout Sicily's Naples and Rome, and her cosmetics and perfumes were highly sought after. <gasps> By Cosmetics women and... of all status throughout the country um so she's selling cosmetics and perfumes perfumes things perfectly disguised <laughs> vials and bottles on a lady's nightstand <gasps> that no man would ever inspect or look at sitting there in plain sight and only the lady would know which one was full of a deadly vicious nasty poison Quite i exciting. love this oh brilliant there's there's a there's, there's a, the avon lady into a very different <laughs> light doesn't it there's a quote from a italian woman abbe Gagliani, who wrote over a hundred years later that there was not a lady in Naples who had not some of it lying openly on her toilet among her perfumes. She alone knows the file and can distinguish it. Which is marvellous. What, <laughs> what a picture, though, across Italy. All these women in these loveless, probably, marriages. Mm. The men all thinking, oh, we're in power, isn't it wonderful? We've got it great. And then actually, in every single room, on every <laughs> single dressing table, the women have an ace that they can pull out. Absolutely. There's a fantastic... This is quite a lengthy quote, so I'm going to try and get through it. Okay. Um, it's from the Chambers Journal, which was a 19th century magazine. And this is a quote about Julia and her poison. Administered in wine or tea or some other liquid by the flattering traitress, it produced but a scarcely noticeable effect. The husband became a little out of sorts, felt weak and languid. 
so indisposed that he would scarcely call in a medical man. After the second dose of poison, this weakness and languor became more pronounced. The beautiful Medea, who expressed so much anxiety for her, her husband's indisposition, would scarcely, scarcely be an object of suspicion, and perhaps would prepare her husband's food, as prescribed by the doctor, with her own fair hands, in the way the third drop would be administered, and would prostrate even the most vigorous man. The doctor would be completely puzzled to see that the apparently simple ailment did not surrender to his drugs, and while he would still be in the dark as to its nature, other doses would be given, until at length death would claim the victim for his own. To save her fair fame, the wife would demand a post-mortem examination. Result, nothing, except that the woman was then able to pose as a slandered innocent. And then it would be remembered that her husband died either without pain, inflammation, fever or spasms, if, after this, the woman, within a year or two, formed a new connection. Nobody could blame her. For everything considered, it would be a sore trial for her to continue to bear the name of a man whose relatives had accused her of poisoning him. Wily women. Which is brilliant. Now, it, Amazing. Interesting. Again, we have this written from the, the standpoint of a man. I've Two things I've picked out on that one particularly. The flattering traitress. Yes. <laughs> so, so automatically, this is not a... A suffering woman. This is a horrid woman um, who is a traitor to her husband. And there was another line in there: the beautiful Medea. Medea, uh, which is reference to a play by Euripides, yep. um, the story of a jealous and revengeful woman. So again, written by a man. These women are betrayers of their their husbands. Well, you is, have hmm. you know you do really have two standpoints on this. Oh, you uh, have you know you can take the feminist point of view and say uh, that these women were in a horrible situation, and the only way that they could have any kind of freedom or happiness was to usher their husbands to an early grave. On the other hand, yes, written from a man's perspective, but we can't deny the fact that they are killing people. Well, no, uh, yeah, I mean, they are murdering yes. people. Um, <laughs> sure. They are doing away with them and ushering them along. And then if they remarry, and then it's a case of actually, it's a very wily tactic that many women could have used and say, well, no one's actually going to question me. No one's going to think any less of me. So I'll marry him and I'll have his money and then I'll marry someone else and I'll have his money and then we'll just, you know, do away with all the boys. I am quite sure that a lot of these, I'm sure some of these women were suffering deeply mm. and this was their absolute last resort. But it was not fun to be a woman at that time. For, for sure. It's just a fact, you know, you it's weren't a, going yeah. to have an amazing time when you look back on it compared to today. Maybe it's the, you know, the benefit of hindsight and everything is one thing. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it's also a wonderful picture and a wonderful story to, to craft and to carve and to put in front of people, which starts that, uh, that trail of panic. But it's quite interesting as well because another phrase for the, these poisons... Um, at the time was inheritance powders inheritance powders yes so. i do know that phrase <laughs> wonderful so, wonderful so phrase wonderful. so I, I have no doubt absolutely that there were probably some quite decent chaps who were bumped off because they wanted some money indeed um, and they had a lover on the side or something who wanted to inherit i'm sure that went on just as much the well, fact is it's not much, a, but i'm sure it went on it's not a carte blanche either way absolutely. It? it's a wonderfully rich detailed environment of people poisoning each other which you just simply do not get these days and every single case is very different there's just far more of them than we could possibly imagine now and that's what makes it so fascinating and so juicy it is very exciting it's very exciting i mean julia and her her daughter and her accomplices carried this on for over 50 years and the reason that she was so successful over over this time was 
partly due to the undetectability of her poison. Mm. People could did not know that they had been poisoned. Um, especially if it was over drawn out over a long period of time, it looked very like a natural illness. And as um, you said, that she's she's perfected absolutely the dosage, so she can say either this person he's old, and maybe we can just yeah. usher him along within a week, or yeah, you know what, we're going to need a bit of time year. actually. So yeah, just let, let yeah. let's let's play it out nicely. Yeah. Well, mastermind, criminal really, mastermind. But then, I mean, also a big part of it was the way that she chose her customers. She sold cosmetics, and some of her products were legitimate cosmetics um, <laughs> it's it, nice that some of them some, were. Of, them, some of them were absolutely Here we are, the, the, the vast majority of them were i, I think um, that would be wise as well if anyone <laughs> came in going can i try that for god's sake don't but to be accepted as a client um for her special skills you had to be vouched for by a previous client who had successfully committed murder with her poison so that person who had vouched for her for the new client had just as much to lose if the truth came out. Incredible um, early review that. and testimonial system. But again, Absolutely. so so whoever comes to her, so so if someone comes to her and who wants to use her services, she has to get... Well, I think you wouldn't know about her services unless you as a suffering woman or a woman who oh, wants have to, to do her husband... You have to be referred you by probably, a previous... Perhaps you had a friend or something whose right. husband has died. Um, that friend, if she trusted you implicitly, would go... I know a way you can get out of this situation. So it has to be through referral. Exactly. That's the only and way go that and you see, get in touch with yeah, her. Yeah, here's a business card. Go and Brilliant. see Julia. She'll she'll help you out. It's a great system. Um, Again, it's just that, that, that extra extra layer of responsibility. It, these people aren't going to recommend, aren't going to give Julia's details to someone else unless they absolutely trust the people they're giving this information to. So, so Julia isn't walking around the streets no, she hasn't got a big with a cart. Poison. poison. No. But I mean, lipstick. Lipsticks she's, for all. Lipstick for your husband. Yeah, she's doing it incredibly smartly, and the, which is why she's been gone undetected for so so very long but i mean unfortunately nothing lasts forever sometimes not not with julia around not with julia around but sometimes things don't go to plan they were in rome um, Rome. they were in rome in the papal states so not an overly tolerant place not so much and a woman had bought a dose of aquatrofana for her husband but at the last minute this woman has an attack of conscience and right. smashes the bowl away from her husband's hands as he's about to take his first bowlful or spoonful of broth or something um, and then the husband unsurprisingly curious as to <laughs> as to what's going on um, <laughs> so she's just like just making up stuff on the spot well, no don't drink it it's got peas in it <laughs> no. the, the oh husband, God, there's no sliver almonds on top <laughs> the husband is rather suspicious and he well the records say he forces a confession from his wife. I don't particularly want to go into the methods uh, of how he got this confession. The wife spills the beans um, about what has happened, what she tried to do, where she got the poison. Probably the friend who recommended Julia in the first place. Starts to and then he goes to the papal authorities and says... Ugh. But I mean, it's at this point that the whole system comes tumbling down around, oh around Julia. It's like pulling on a thread. But she gets wind that they, she's been hunted. This is where stories slightly diverge into what happens next. Some say she flees to a, a convent on the outskirts of Roman sort sanctuary. Um, convent brothel. The the <laughs> abbess there provides sanctuary. And really? there is a story... Well, that, I suppose they have to, don't they? 
that Julia lives at the convent for the next 20 years, <laughs> continuing selling poisons out of the convent under the protection of the abbess um, until finally she's arrested in 1709. But that will put her at over 100 years old at this point. Um, so well, I'm, she's a very good apothecary, so, so she, you know, she probably looks amazing. That would mean, if that's true, she's probably around about 110, 115 by now. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking potentially not. As we you said, never know. you know, you she's, know. she's a master apothecary, you know, an early chemist, an early druggist, has has concocted the most phenomenal poison, <laughs> is selling cosmetics around. She looks fantastic, you know, for a hundred. Um, she probably is, maybe she actually had the secret to long life as well. So, I mean, that the other version of events, which I'm probably more inclined to go with, mm. is that, yes, she found, she went to a church and asked for sanctuary. And I do encourage um, people to try that now, actually. Yeah, do run into a church going, sanctuary, sanctuary. However, the authorities are having none of this. They're not too happy. And a rumour starts being spread around that Julia has poisoned the city's water supply (gasps) in Rome. And quite quickly, a mob descend upon the church Ah. and drag Julia out of the church Mm. into the waiting arms of some guards. Oh, right. Um, well, at least there. into the guards rather than just... Well, know. yeah, I mean, she, yes, the, the mob don't rip her apart or anything, but so she's then... The mob break into it's the church. It's a very organised mob, actually, very isn't organized it? organised mob. You know, normally but, mobs, you know, you don't well, really... Probably, they're kind of unruly. Yeah, probably thinking, well, we if she has pointed it, we want some sort of antidote or something. Um, That's a good point. So, good point. So hopefully so organised that they're not just going to kill her on sight. And then she is now in the custody of the Roman papal authorities. Not mm. known for their leniency. Not so much. Um, or their polite questioning methods. <laughs> did, um, you did you do it? Did you do it? Sorry, was I shouting? Was I sh- I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry. It does remind me of the Monty Python sort of. <laughs> I give you the point, Dickushions. <laughs> get all the stuffing down one end. <laughs> sort of the Spanish Inquisition. So, so she comes and has sits down, has a nice cup of tea. Exactly. With, um, maybe some self care. But I, th- I think there was something probably slightly more spiky involved. Really? Um, and under torture, she confesses to killing over 600 men. Um, now, again, some say that's 600 men in Rome alone. But then some say 600 total, which I think is probably more reasonable. Um, but still, it's a hell of a lot of people. It's a hell of um, a But then also going to say torture not known for its reliability. Um, people will generally say anything to make it stop yes at that um, sort of time then you're getting really horrible practices you're looking at breaking of the feet you're looking at being force fed water you're going to be stretched you're going to be burnt and this is going to go on and on you're and going on to and be on. uncomfortable yes and it's not just um, a quick one as well they will keep doing it so so i mean it's, it's likely that probably not in her right mind she's not giving accurate information but then also probably that she's now being blamed for any unexplained slightly suspicious death over the past 40 years is probably now being put oh it must have been poisoning and when you Um, find these poison cases as we've heard before in previous episodes as well is that if you can find one killer and a serial killer as clearly she was then fine everything i think she killed very few people herself she killed very yeah. few people. She supplied she the means the for many, many hundreds of deaths. An interesting, an interesting so, um, interpretation of that, yeah. because again, some people do say, you know, Charles Manson didn't actually kill anyone, but is a serial killer, yeah. known as that. It would be an interesting one for, um, ooh, for the forensic files. Um, like, what would we class Julia as? Is what degrees of murder would she be guilty of? Because 
she's supplied the poison. She no. knows it's actually going to kill people. Is she a serial killer? Yeah. I mean, there are things that so it tells that she killed her own husband or yes. poisoned her husband. So there have definitely been death by her hands, but no, by no means the the six hundred were not by her own doing. They were by her preparations that she sold to people. So they've either gone. It's she's killed up to six hundred people. She is the she, villainess of the world. Or she has been responsible for six hundred deaths. Or she has proudly um, proclaimed it. You know, maybe she has been tortured and says, "Yes, it's six hundred, so. and I don't care." Maybe so. Ultimately, she is executed in oh. Rome. Uh, July 1659, she is executed along with her daughter, <gasps> Jerolma, um, who is in the same family business, um, and several of her assistants. How were uh, they executed? Um, unpleasantly. There was a hanging and a drawing and a quartering. Um, it was not a It was not a jolly way. It oh, was not that's a, a quick, lot. It was not a quick way. And then her body, what was left to it, was thrown over the walls of the church that, had, that gave her sanctuary. No. As, a way, as they had defied the, the papal authorities and given this woman sanctuary, her, the remains of her body were thrown over the walls but of the church. But that's crazy because, again, you know that you, you give sanctuary. If someone calls for sanctuary at the time, then you do. I mean, again, I don't know the ins and outs of the actual definition of sanctuary. <laughs> I don't think it was written in law, but you give people sanctuary. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. Imagine clearing that up. But then under under torture, she gave lots of names about people who had purchased the things. Some of the, the users of her poisons were also executed. Others were bricked up alive in the dungeons of the, the Pucci Palace in Florence. Oh. Um, they were, yes, they were the papal dungeons. These people of slightly brick more higher standing in society. Um, not the commoners. They were... I would just, I would just oh, just execute them, them and them. put them in a pauper's But the, the people who were... A bit fancier. We're not going to kill you. We're going to brick you up alive. We're going to brick you up alive in the basement in a dungeon. So that that was the story of Aqua Trafana um, and Julia. Now we do have a bit more to this tale, which is quite exciting. Um, Lay it on us. Now, while under torture, either Julia or one of her accomplices actually gives away the secret to Aquatrafana the the specific blends and quantities that are required to produce the effects. And it ends up in the hands of a, of a man known as Exili, whose real name, people think, was Niccolo Egidi. Now, he was believed to have been the chief poisoner, <laughs> which is an excellent job title. Great job. To Olympia, now this is a really weird surname, Madel China. Madel China. Yeah, M-A-I-D-A-L-C-H-I-N-A, who is the sister-in-law to the Pope, Innocent Tenth. <laughs> he has a salaried position in her household as a personal poisoner. Now, it was amazing how many of these families, even the Pope, had personal poisoner to get rid of their enemies. And this is why Italy is known as the, the birthplace of the professional poisoner, um, because of these families and that had these employees. And then the secret of this super poison. The secret poison. of this super poison is supposedly he now has the secret of this. He finds himself in 1663. He is in France. Uh, his reputation precedes him hmm. um, and the French authorities think and we know what you're about mate <laughs> who are you to care to kill What's, well, yeah coming into <laughs> coming into France hello profession yeah. carpenter carpenter like, uh, it says chief poisoner on your briefcase <laughs> the fact that you have a briefcase is weird, <laughs> enough. weird enough what is that <laughs> So he finds himself in the Bastille. Um, he, has he done anything yet? <laughs> well, no, just as a precaution. <laughs> we think he's here. He's a known poisoner. Let's, put, let's he's, lock him up. He's going to poison someone. While he's in prison, there he shares a cell with Godin de Saint Croix, a minor aristocrat, and he is the lover of the Marquise de Blinvilliers. No. 
Oh, you know this person. Marquise de Brin... Yes! Yes! No <laughs> way! French aristocrat. Yes! Exili teaches Sanquois the secrets of Aquatafana. <laughs> oh and unknowingly sets off a chain of events, <laughs> leading to charges of poison, witchcraft, child sacrifice, sorcery, in a saga known as The Affair of the Poisoners. <laughs> But that is another story for another time. That is another, another story time. of another day. That is a great one we will cover no, later. We will be covering that. But the, how it all links together was Amazing. very exciting to research. What a story, Nick. It's oh, awesome you pulled story. it out of the bag there. Yeah. After, you know, from the initial disappointment of, of the ingredient <laughs> of Sicily. Now, what were the ingredient would you have chosen from that? What would I have chosen? I would have chosen... Poison. Poison, poison. I would have... I would have I did something with a Spanish fly. <laughs> you could have just done I a cocktail. I could have just put a fly in Or just one of those ice cubes with a fly in it. And just, I put it there. I there we the are. Trick. Yeah. I missed the trick. Amazing. And that is a fantastic story. It was a good story. I and have... everyone was in it as well. Oh, Mozart, Marquis de Sade. You got the Marquis de... Uh, I can't pronounce her surname. Marquis de Brinvilliers. Brinvilliers. I always get it wrong, actually. You got um, her in there. You got the Pope. Got the Pope in there You got well. the Pope. You got the Chief Poisoner. You got everyone in there. Yeah. Oh, what a tale. It's a, I, was, I was very... I really enjoyed researching that one. And it's yeah. it's so nice um, to be look at poisoning stories that are outside of the Victorian and the 20th century Absolutely. as well. The further back we go, just the more lurid and dark and twisted they become, but also just how normal almost it was, you yeah, know, no, having a chief poisoner. Absolutely. I mean, the Victorian ones we've covered, yes, they've been sort of really middle-class, lower-class sort of people, but mm. here we're talking popes. Proper aristocracy. Um, proper aristocracy. Yeah, popes and marquises and lords and ladies and all types of fancy people and at that level of society to have personal poisoners and chief killers. <laughs> chief a, killers. I don't think there was anyone called the chief killer. Oh, I couldn't think of a word. I chief think poisoner <laughs> and this is the chief killer. Okay, what do you do? Well, I do everything but poison. Exactly, yes. I do all yes. the other stuff. I have an axe. <laughs> Great story, Nick. Brilliant story. Love it. Okay, yep. so everyone, what do you think of the story there? What do you think of Aqua Tofana? Do you think you know the blend? We've got a super <laughs> poison we're dealing with. Love it. More tales, obviously, from that era will be coming in the future. Thank you again as ever to all of our new listeners yes, and to our subscribers. You. Everyone who has left us reviews please do keep leaving us reviews particularly on Apple Podcast this is the same for any podcast that you follow it helps us so much to get up the ranks just so we can keep doing this and we love to do this and we do it out of our own time and we really appreciate the support from everyone follow us on social media at the poisonous cabinet on facebook and instagram on twitter and there are people who follow us Apparently on twitter so. yeah, people messaging going hello yes i do i'm on twitter hello <laughs> um it's at the poisonous cab follow us send us photos ask us questions give us suggestions of stories to follow we keep getting stories through um some suggestions which is oh yeah there's so many in here and this is so exciting and yes send us uh, cocktail ideas yep. as well always happy for a cocktail idea and try so, the paloma let us know what you think when you get the recipe do try the Paloma because yes weird to start with but we're quite happy now (laughs) it took a turn so we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you